Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post-Dispatch, joined once again by our beat reporters at the Post-Dispatch, Jim Thomas up in the Twin Cities, Tom Timmerman here in the STL, and uh, right off the top, guys, um, Blues fans not looking forward to a um, matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights, if that were to be the case, because oh my, oh, that that was not a good night on the, on the strip for our heroes. Maybe they could just play two periods and call it a game. Uh, call it a game. Then they, they seem to hang in for two periods, but that uh, that third period. Oh my goodness! And you know it's happened uh, twice in what? It happened twice in twelve days where they a one to one game turned into a five to one uh, bloodbath, and, and you know a couple of uh, four goal third periods. The Blues look like they're. They're almost in awe of the Golden Knights. I don't know. It seems like they're psyched out. It's like Vegas is in their heads or something. And, oh, we, we can't hang with these guys. And uh, the last couple of games have shown that they can't. Is it, I thought going into that third period the other night that it was almost a matter of, like, they thought, we've gotten to the third period and it's tied 1-1. If we can just hang on for 20 minutes, we'll get a point out of this. And there was not, like, any thought of we're going to get two points. It's like, boy, if, if things break well, we can get a point. And um, I mean, that could just be um, projecting that on them, but that uh, that's what it seems like. And because they certainly did not do anything, uh, you know, to kind of force the offense, uh, certainly uh, the other night. Yeah. Yeah. Things, things didn't break well. <laughs> they did not. So, you know, all right. So, you know, uh, it was one, one, which was a miracle. I mean, unfortunately uh, Jordan Bennington had his Jake Gallon moment and let an impossible goal in the sort of goal that made Jake famous here in the SDL would, just when you thought you could trust Jake again, something like that would happen. But, but, you know, overall JT that they were just hanging on for dear life. They had these, they were, they were trapped on the ice as Ryan O'Reilly noted. Um, I mean, they were, they were struggling to just get on and off the ice in one piece. I mean, there were long stretches where they just were just desperately scrambling around their own zone, trying to avoid trouble. It was, uh, it was impressive how Vegas just, just swarmed them. Yeah, and, and just relentless, just coming, kept coming after him and coming after him. And and uh, the the disappointing thing, and, and the chief, uh, you know, Craig Berube alluded to it, was, you know, they, they looked like they'd showed some, uh, uh, they had shown some real progress over the weekend uh, against San Jose, you know, in terms of defense and zone exits and, and everything like that. And uh, then, then in comes... Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's like they, they revert back to maybe the worst of uh, some of their worst play this year. I mean, is, is, is the top of the division that different from seventh place San Jose? I mean, I, I, I don't know, but it was that. I think that's what made it almost uh, uh, depressing for uh, Craig Berube. And, and, you know, I just had the thought, I, I think we're down the same path we were last week. Last week was a pretty, uh, was a pretty depressing net front, so... <laughs> We'll, we'll find some good news here for our listeners at some point, won't we? Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that one on you, Jim Thomas. <laughs> you're finding good news uh, about this day. I guess I guess on the injury front, maybe. Well, even then, it's not great news. Yeah, yeah. again, we're getting into the kind of the stratification of this division, that there are teams at the top that the Blues clearly do not look as good in, and there are teams at the bottom that, that they are better than. And it's going to be how they sort out compared to those teams in the middle that determine – what this team is doing come uh, come April and May. Well, and that's our segue into the uh, looking forward to a, a game against the Minnesota Wild, man. Uh, first of eight games against those guys uh, between now and May 1st. And, 
they started out six and six, the wild, but boy, since then they've been really good other than the two games against Colorado, which again, to speak to Tom's point about the stratification of division, they just got walked by the avalanche, but you know, they've won like nine games in a row at home. They've taken advantage of the bottom half of the division as the blues have to a degree. And uh, you know, one of the better stories in the league this year, JT, and I guess you're eager to, to see what's up with this squad. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all are. I mean, it's, it's March 25th, a division where you, you play each other constantly and we, we haven't seen the, uh, uh, the Minnesota uh, wild play or blue note uh, yet. And it, you know, we, we've all talked about it, written about it, just, just this closing stretch of the schedule, starting with Vegas, what was it? 19 of 25, uh, starting with Vegas the other night, 19 of 25 against uh, uh, Colorado, Vegas, or, or, or Minnesota. And uh, you know, the, the blues were four and zero against the wild last year, but uh you know, it, it, it may be a rude awakening for them uh, uh, this year when they go out there, but, but we'll see the blues have to win some of these games are there, you know, they could be in real, never, never mind making a deep run. They could be in real danger of just making the playoffs. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, they've, they've got to, you know, at least get, you know, at least split the series with the wild, but any bonuses they can get, but these are big for the wild as well. I mean, this is going to be telling because the wild are, well, they're safer into third right now than the, than the Blues are into fourth. You know, these are still going to be, you know, big games for them. So I think both teams are coming into this with a lot on the line uh, as we try to people start positioning themselves for the playoffs. It's interesting to, to look at the Wild. I mean, Bill Guerin, the former Blues uh, winger, uh, has an interesting uh, job trying to uh, retool on the fly. I mean, he's got two guys that are still on their – over those 13-year contracts for Zach Priest and uh, and uh, Ryan Suter. I mean, back in the day when people signed those life, lifetime contracts. So he's got a couple of guys that, um, you know, and Ryan's playing real well, Zach not as much. The uh, He's trying to retool on the fly. He's done a pretty good job. I mean, and particularly adding goaltender Cam Talbot to the tag team uh, and getting rid of Devin Dubnik, uh, who's had a career of just one catastrophe after another against the Blues. So, you know, this is an interesting team. I thought they might be more into a full-blown, um, you know, asset sale by now. But between the pandemic and the, the fact they've played well, um, he's they've kind of stayed the course with this group. And, and man, uh, it's uh, it's impressive to see what they've done up there. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and uh, you know, a team, uh, you know, face value without uh, without much in the way of star power. But the, uh, the rookie goalie is uh, – has been uh, has been fantastic for him, and uh, we'll see what the uh, the note can come up with. I mean, they really it's it's like when they play the Kings, it's like the uh, Cardinals playing like a junk ball pitcher, and it, it throws the offense into just a funk for for a couple of weeks. And I think every time they play the Kings, they get into this offensive funk. And I even though they got the five goals against San Jose, I think they're still there. So maybe they can maybe they can snap out of it. Uh, uh, against the uh, against the wild. Yeah, it's 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 a wide open uh, it's a wide open book. We really will we'll all be learning uh, come uh, Thursday, and only only one game, and then they then they they do get a break, and they get the Ducks uh, in here for the weekend. So, uh, but we get one fleeting glimpse of the wild before yeah. our, our world becomes uh, the wild. Yeah, these this Vegas and, and Minnesota were were makeup games from postponed games this week. Uh, originally there was a gap between uh, 
I think it was March the 20th and the 26th. I think there were, there were no yep. games. And then next week, the gap, uh, those were, weren't those a couple of the Arizona games that they, they moved up into the, uh, as I call it, the coyote palooza there, these, the seven, uh, the seven games. So uh, yeah, strange times on the uh, uh, schedule and uh, you know, keep an eye on the ducks. Uh, they, they've got about four, uh, uh, they're doing, they're, they're actually playing uh Minnesota tonight and then uh, uh, moving on to St. Louis, uh, they've got a little COVID outbreak there, about four, uh, four players. So I don't know if we're going to go through all this again in terms of schedule juggling. Uh, it, it could happen. Yeah, I ask. Uh, it happens even in Canada, you know, with the Canadian, um, you know, up there, they're supposed to keep everybody safe and, and they didn't. So, yeah, the schedule is to be uh, determined day to day. Uh, maybe they'll end up playing the. We'd have to, you know, get to jam some more games against the Wild in there somehow before uh, the end. No, of the send me home. We don't need any more games. Against the <laughs> well, all right, let's find this. All right, so let's find some good stuff here. Robert Thomas comes back, and uh, this team needs all it can get. Uh, took a bit, suffered a big blow with the loss of Oscar, uh, your boy Sonny, uh, going under, you know, just a terrible knee-to-knee accidental collision with Kyle Clifford. So Sonny's wiped out, and that's a different type of player than Robert Thomas, of course, but – you know, we all expected Robert to be an impact player in the top six this year. That player has turned out to be Jordan Cairo, uh, who's done a nice job. Now, Robert still has the potential to be that type of a player this year if he can get himself going. Uh, the back in camp, he looked like he was going to get going, and then in the season, not so much. So, JT, a lot of a lot of eyes on Robert Thomas. Can he be a catalyst? Or could he be a guy that gets some other guys going? You know, and maybe gets uh, you know maybe a guy like Mike Hoffman. Um, on the ice a bit more and uh, more productive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I think back to the, the first game, which was one of the maybe top two or three, maybe you could argue even their best game that four to one win over Colorado. And uh, you know, Thomas, no shot attempts, which is a little bit of a problem. We all know with him, but never has a guy with no shot attempts had as much of an impact on the game. He had just two marvelous assists in that game. And you're like, okay, he, he's going to take off. It, 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 it's funny, Thomas and Cairo, they, they kind of came up together. They were the two top prospects, but Thomas always was the guy a little bit more heralded. He went to the Memorial Cup, all this and that, although, you know, Cairo had his share of laurels too. And all of a sudden, it looks like Cairo has passed him in, in one fell swoop, you know, a little more than uh, half of a condensed uh, – season I thought Thomas looked pretty good when he first came out you just see all, all of a sudden it was a little easier uh uh when that line was out there to to, to get uh, uh zone entry not, not that you know it translated into much once they got in the zone but uh uh that third line looked a little peppy but uh yeah he's he's definitely a guy that can be a catalyst and you know we talked about uh uh, our, our good news, news alert. Here's our, here's our good news of this week's net front is, you know, okay. Sunquist is out, but Tarasenko's back and working his way back to knock the rust off. You get Schwartz back. Uh, Pareko is skating. Although as, uh, Baruby said, it looks like a public skate, like he's out at Steinberg. And I, I, I've seen him out there a couple times on the trip and, uh, that's, that's what he's doing. It's basically a little more than some, some leisurely stuff and a couple drill like things, but, nothing too strenuous, but even with Sunquist out, they, they, they are getting uh, uh, people back, but uh, when will these guys gel? When will the Schwartz Shen Tarasenko line, uh, you know, take us back to some of their highlights over the, uh, 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 you know, recent years, when, when will Thomas kind of take the next step? And 
it, it, it may take them a while to gel. It may be too late by the time they gel, but uh, uh, Thomas uh, certainly can, can perk up that, uh, that third line. There's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Thomas hadn't been at the, really the, the peak of his game when he got hurt. So they need him to go, to go back a little bit, uh, not to be the guy he was at the, though he did score a goal right before he uh, disappeared on us for, uh, for a month or so. But um, yeah, I mean, having a, a playmaker like Thomas, I mean, you know, Hoffman's been with a bunch of centers, but this puts him with a guy who can make plays. You know, it's one thing if Oscar Sundquist is your center and Sonny can do things with hard work, but Thomas has more skill. If he brings that to play and can set up Hoffman, you know, it's good. I've always thought that Thomas is at his best when he is playing with Tyler Bozak. Uh, and right now that can't happen, but uh, who knows what uh, Bozak's situation ends up being. But if they can get that, maybe get that line, that, that I think has some potential there from what we've seen in the past. All right, so uh, some more good news. And uh, this is, you know, one of the more surprising developments of the season. Uh, and, and JT uh, uh, has been on this. The uh, Out of nowhere, Jake Wallman. You know, we, this guy's career path, you know, hot, he was a hot prospect way back when. Then, then it was a cold prospect. And then, you know, then he was sort of like lost in the shuffle playing, you know, loaned out someplace. He came back from the grave to become a prospect again. Then he's on the taxi squad. He's hanging around. And, uh, man, he looks real good. And, oh, he's another offensive guy, another puck rusher. They probably have too much of that and not enough of the Marco Scandella types. But, nonetheless, Jake Wallman, you know, out of nowhere, suddenly a player in the NHL. Yeah, we'd, we'd all kind of, uh, I don't know, for written him off as a – is a uh, is the right word because maybe some of us had never really written him in. It's been so long since he was a since he was a prospect, you know. And then uh, it, it, it's just uh, the timing seems strange, as as you alluded to. Here here they're 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 dying for defense, and and Craig Berube puts in an offensive minded defenseman. But in a way, I can kind of see the logic. He sees how how just torturous it is for for the Blues to to get the puck out of their own zone, and he says, "Well, it's Jake Wallman. He can he can skate it out." And uh, uh, you know, I guess there's some logic to that. And and uh, uh, Wallman has been pretty solid uh, defensively. I think that was that was always the, the thing with him. Okay, he can move the puck, he can pass, he can shoot uh, and score a little bit. Uh, by defenseman standards, but uh, his, his actual defense leaves something uh, to be desired. But I think his defense is, uh, has picked up and now, now all of a sudden, and, 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 and who knows, uh, you get the feeling that sooner or later, Nico Mikola will be back in the uh, lineup. I noticed yesterday that Wallman was, was put on the taxi squad, but they kind of do that without any, uh, and maybe Tom can explain it, but, without any rhyme or reason in terms of whether the guy's playing the, uh, playing the next game. But, uh, you know, I, I, I saw Wallman in the uh, couple of the prospect tournaments and that, and I'd forgotten just how, how good a skater he is. I bet he's the, I bet he's the, maybe the, if it were a shorter race and you didn't have healthy Colton Pareko to get warmed up, uh, uh, he might, he might be the second fastest skater on the team. Yeah, on, on Wallman's case, I mean, he's a guy who's um, not waiver exempt, so he would have to go through the waivers if they need to put him on the taxi squad. So I think they're just they're saving roster days. He gets 10 games and 30 days, and so I think they're just making sure they don't get to that 30 days uh, any sooner uh, than they have to. So if there's three days where they're not playing, well, 
put him on the taxi squad so it doesn't count against his total. But I think one of the things we've, we've kind of got caught up in is Nico Mikola looks like a Blues defenseman, more so than Jake Wallman does. Mikola has that, he's the big tall guy with the long arms. And so, you know, he should be the guy. And I think for that reason, maybe Wallman got slid to the back a little bit because he's not the, the 6'4 guy with the, you know, 12 foot reach. So, um, but yeah, right now, as Jim said, I mean, ability to skate the puck out of the back, anything the blues can do to get the puck out of the back is essential because they can't do it. So if you can get, you know, give Jake Wallman the puck and let him take it up ice. I think that's a, you know, a skill the blues need right now. And I guess uh, if you're looking for silver linings and all this carnage of this season, and it's been extensive with all the injuries, um, you know, some guys and, and Wallman's on the list and, and Joshua's on the list, the guys you didn't expect to see and who've gotten at least some time in. Um, now, these guys may not be factors at all by the end of the season, but the fact they've had to play some now uh, puts a little different light in terms of the longer longer term, you know, for the Blues in terms of what do they have? Because, you know, this is pretty much it for their depth uh, in terms of their prospects that are in the, on the, near, in the near term. But it's, uh, but JT, it's, uh, there's some real promise here as they try to deal with the expansion draft and then the, the salary caps going forward. It's essential that they have guys that can step in with some ability. And they've seen this year, at least if you're trying to look at the next three to four years, some of the things they've seen this year, while this year is stressful, it's making you feel a little better about the next three or four. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I think Wallman's helping his, his, his cause here. I think even though he's not playing now, Mikula has, and, uh, you know, Joshua looks like, you know, he could be a solid, uh, uh, fourth line guy. Again, I, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see the fourth line, you know, score uh, a little bit more uh, than they are, but you're right. The cupboard's pr- pretty bare other than the guys that we've seen already. You've got Torpchenko and Costin over in Russia. And I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure what the blues have in, in, in Costin. He, he had that hot week or two, but you know, if a guy was a true, even a top nine guy, you'd think he'd score more than Costin has. I, I, you know, Costin just hasn't been that productive either in the AHL or over there in Russia. And then you've got some goalies. You've got some young goalies. You've got uh, uh, Nikita Alexandrov over in Finland, who's playing in, a, you know, the, uh, the top league there, the Liga, and is getting some seasoning. And, and, and that's about it. So, uh, 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 but, but it is good to see some, you know, we, we should even throw Cairo in there because we didn't know exactly what, uh, what, what uh, Cairo would do. And uh, I think he's exceeded all expectations, although, you know, he still has those times where he, he kind of regresses a little bit and, and, and wanders around those, those scoring types. And I, I guess Cairo is like a scoring type. I mean, the, the blues have one on each line right now, you know, well, and, and, uh, and Cairo and Tarasenko and Hoffman and, Sometimes they float and sometimes they don't play defense. And when you have all three doing that, uh, maybe that's when you, uh, uh, you lose five to one to the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And we still do have uh, Perunovic here. We're not sure what he's going to, uh, you know, how, how close uh, he is after a, a lost season uh, this year, how much, you know, can he jump in next year? Or is he still going to be a season away? Um, yeah. And, you know, you know, Austin Pagansky has been passed up by uh uh, here over the last couple of weeks that Dakota Joshua is, has become the, the, the next forward in line. Um, yeah. But other than that, but when you look at everyone, it's like, there's no prospects after Cairo that you can say is going to score goals. 
And so that's the, uh, I think that's one of the question marks here. And that'll segue into, uh, I wouldn't say it was a full, um, you know, rolling, put him, put him under the bus moment, but uh, the chief uh, calls out Sammy Blay now. And that's, uh, of course, one of our favorites, uh, one of JT's yeah. favorites. Well, yeah. And one of, one of the chiefs, you know, chief, the chief likes Sammy, but uh, apparently the chief thought he was uh, less than frenzied in his uh, <laughs> play on the ice. And, uh, you know, he gave him a little wake up call there, JT. My guy, Sammy, who once, remember when he was on that a couple of years ago, that San Antonio Express back and forth. We're down by Robert Thomas's locker at, at Enterprise. All those nostalgic days when we could enter the locker room. And all of a sudden I hear this voice behind me. I bet you're glad to see me, JT. And it was Sammy Blay back up from San Antonio. So a little surprising to see, uh, to see him uh, thrown under the uh, bus. You know, in the, the start of this trip, there were a couple of games where he was on the Tarasenko line and Blay had uh, a goal, a, a assist, and, 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 you know, he looked like he was getting back to his, uh, his game. And then uh, he goes to the fourth line, and he, you could kind of see what the Chief was talking about, that there just didn't seem that much there. Maybe Blay was not happy to be getting fourth-line minutes. I don't know. But, uh, you know, of all, of all the things to uh, – that are happening with this team for blade uh, suddenly, okay, you, you've got to go sit who knows uh, for how many uh, games that was, uh, that was a, uh, that was, that was a strange one. Yeah. I guess Sammy's told the point in his career where you can do that to him. You know, you can't, it'd be tough to, you, you can't scratch, you know, Hoffman or Krug or any of these guys, but you can scratch Sammy Blay. Um, but you know, Sammy, you know, what his niche is. I mean, I don't know. He scratched David Piranha a couple of years he did. ago. That, that he did. Um, and every now and then Sammy will make a, just a really great play with the puck. I mean, he'll make a cut in something like, wow, look at that. Um, but mostly what Sammy can do is, is forecheck and hit people hard. And that's what uh, Sammy niches, but he does have some skills that we see every now and then. One, uh, you know, looking at how the team is lined up and I do think the skill level is up. It's unfortunate that, that Sonny is, is wiped out because he's such a, an important part of their chemistry and a part of their identity. Um, especially on the defensive side and the, uh, the physical side, just on the finesse side though, uh, which is really not, the chief doesn't want to go all finesse, but here he is with kind of a finesse team with the, some of the personnel's coming and going uh, with injuries and such. Um, I do like on the power play, just splitting it up because there's enough guys just to, to split it and just to run out, basically, you know, run out a line and uh, you know, and another line. And because you just, you've got the ability to do that. You don't have to play one group, 90 seconds and then slide the other one out there for at the tail end. I mean, you could, you could balance it up. And I think if he, if he lets that go, that in over time, that's going to JT, I think that's going to be a positive because all those guys can play. I mean, and this is a, it's a rare time that a team has not that many teams have two groups of pretty much everybody. There's a pile of them pretty equal, not a lot separating the, the, the 10 guys really. No. And, uh, He's tried just about every other way to do it. And so it was interesting to see this. When I first saw it in, in practice the other day, I'm like, oh, gee, which is the first unit and which would be called the second unit? And I guess it doesn't matter if you're maybe you split them up. And then if, if one uh, of the two units gets hot, you, you, you throw them out there. And maybe that's a, fin a finesse way, using that uh, a dirty word for chief, though, to uh, put Tarasenko on what's not the first unit. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, 
uh, you know, it, 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 it's an interesting approach. Now it's got to pay off because although the, the Knights, they, they do just about everything well. Uh, it, it, it didn't look that way against the Knights, but they're, they're, they're one of the top, top four five or six uh, penalty kill units in the, uh, in the league. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if this works. It's just, again, the continuing story of uh, with all this talent and, and, guys that have been productive on the power play over their careers, uh, the blues should be doing better, you know, m- much better than they are. And it's kind of the, the never ending saga for, uh, for Craig Berube. Yeah. I don't think at any point this season, we've seen a, a five player combination and said, that is a group that, you know, and seen results and they, they stick with that group. And it just doesn't happen, but it's, it does seem like you could put Dunn here, Krug here, it just moved every, any guys into any possible combination. And I don't know that you'd say, well, that's a bad group. You know, they just, but there hasn't been one that just grabs your attention and says, that's, those are five guys that need to be out there for 90 seconds every time you got a power play. Hey, uh, speaking of 91, and uh, it's, as, uh, it's been a step-by-step uh, return for him from shoulder surgery. I don't know if it's been, if he's been better or worse than expected. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't expect much really on his comeback, but you know, he's, he's, you know, JT he's shown some flashes and uh, you know, had a break in and, and threw a move on, didn't get a goal when it was, went back, looked at it. What, why didn't I score on that? Uh, but he's starting to get a little bit of the, the shark fin is up a little, you can start seeing him get, get the sense that he's starting to get the offensive feel. And boy, it would be a really good time for him to be 91 again, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. And that, that whole line and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Barubi is uh, he's changed the lines that almost by necessity because of the injury and, and trying to get things to work almost at a Mike Yo like uh, uh, pace. Remember, Mike would he would just and the, the players really didn't like it. But you just wonder if he's going to just even if the the uh, dividends aren't being paid right now. Just stick with that line because uh, uh, Schwartz and Tarasenko, because he, uh, uh, you know, he knows what, what, what they can bring, but yeah, I thought Tarasenko had about three really good chances uh, the other night. And it looks like he's starting to kind of get the, uh, uh, the hang of it. And I, I thought it was really interesting. And he, he elaborated more to the, uh, 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 the, the Chicago based freelance, uh, uh, sports writer, uh, we call him Kesh uh, Vaderman, but uh, he, he elaborated more to him just how the game seems so fast to him uh, uh, right now. And then, then he, he looks at the tape and he says, well, I had more time than I thought. So however long it takes for that to go away for Tarasenko, I, I think that's when he, he, he's going to get more and more chances. But yeah, he, he uh, uh, you know, I, I had to look at that one, that, that, that two-on-one where he got the, the great pass from Schwartz, uh, uh, against Vegas to see, did, did he get, did he get the stick on it? And he did. It was just, uh, yeah, the, the big lug, uh, Robin Leonard just slid over and, uh, and, and, uh, and, 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 and made the save. So, uh, uh, but I, I, I thought the, uh, uh, that was the one maybe silver lining, uh, in the Vegas game that, uh, Tarasenko, you know, when he, when he's starting to feel it, I, I, I think, uh, you'll see his shot total go up. And he had, he had six total attempts, which is really in his heyday. If he didn't have eight or nine or 10, it was, it was an off night, but, but uh, he, it seems like he's starting to look for his shot more and, and get some good shots. Well, and right now with the way this 
Lou's team is going offensively. You know, six shot attempts from one guy is is like he's he's like a puck hog at that rate. I mean, that, that's you know, this is a team that's just not you know, especially in the last Vegas game, just not shooting the puck. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, that's that, that's something you like to see that at least he's not afraid to shoot. He's he's getting those chances and he's he's taking them. And uh, you know, at some point, you think the goals will come. You know, if if at this current rate, he's going to finish the year with like you know five or six goals which isn't going to be a dazzling number. But again, I've always thought it's going to be, a you know, whatever you get out of him this season is almost a bonus. Uh, it's, it's good to have him there, but I don't know that you, you know, how much he's going to be able to contribute ultimately as he comes back from the shoulder surgery. Hey, a quick side note. You mentioned the big lug, Robin Leonard. Now is that, <laughs> is he uh, using um, packing materials inside of his sweater or is he really that thick? You know, I've wondered that, and I've looked and looked because uh, that's if if it's not if it's Robin Leonard, it's the largest goalie in the history of hockey. I think it just I mean, where where I guess you got to get him moving because if he's just standing there, <laughs> where's the space in the net? The guy is humongous. I'm I'm so glad could, you brought that up because it's 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 puzzled me. If we could get into the dressing room, you know, we could, we could, we could, we could see, we see what he looked like without his, his, you know, his, his sweater on, but uh, you just have to deal with that. Yeah. You know, Patrick Waugh back in the day had the, uh, the size uh, 47 XL that, you know, so that there was no place. So you couldn't get a puck under his, between his arm and his body because it was like, as a, it was like a, a wing that would, his arms <laughs> would come out like wings because his sweater was so large. All right, last item on the, the net front, and this is, you know, one of the things that have always aggravated uh, those of us who watched hockey is the, uh, the, the, the light penalty call out of nowhere in the, you know, early in a game or midway through a game that doesn't really mean anything, that wasn't relevant to the play, but this uh, referee feels obligated to make a call to get one in the books. It happens all the time. Uh, it's an aggravating part of the game, but uh, JT, uh, we had a hot mic moment uh, in the NHL where, that was uh, that 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 horrible practice that we dislike was was put on full display and exposed for all the all the world to see. And I guess somewhat, and and you know, I'm still a little new to to, to this uh, this game as as a beat writer. I was I was a little surprised to see right away this morning that Tim Peel out of here and and will no longer uh, work uh, games. I mean. Uh, I think a lot of people thought he might get a little slap on the wrist, but uh, no. And boy, you know, I, 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 I got in late. I took a late flight last night to get a nonstop and I'm looking on Twitter and I'm seeing all this stuff about Tim Peel. It took me forever to find the actual recording of the hot mic. And then when I finally heard it, I'm like, Oh Oops. my gosh. Wow. So yeah, as, uh, as uh, Tom Timmerman, who, by the way, Tom Timmerman classes up the net front. He used the word stratification today. It caught my eye right away. I thought I was in geology class or something. But, yeah, uh, St. Louis and Tim Peel. So uh, uh, I guess a little bit of a black eye even for our, our fair community that, that, that one of our own has been involved in, in such a scandal. So. Oh, he only lives here. He's not from here, you know. So right. he's, uh, you know, like, like well, me. We he's him, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. We, you're a St. Louisan. We we claim you, Tom. Even you claim, though okay, well, thank you, thank you very much. But but you know, not born here, didn't go to high school here, so it's a it's a slightly different uh, <coughs> situation. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's about as fast as the NHL has acted on anything. I mean, that's you know, and, and I guess maybe it only comes down to 
know, Cole Campbell needs to make a make a ruling, and then that's the end of it. But yeah, and it might have been easier because he's retiring after the season, so he had another month left of games. But um, one of the fastest decisions uh, I've ever seen coming out of the NHL. Speaking of where, where you go, where you go to high school, I saw a guy. I'm leaving the Vegas game, waiting for my Uber. He's wearing a blues jersey. He hadn't lived in St. Louis for 25 years. When he found out I was from St. Louis, he asked me where I went to high school. So it's, there you, go. You, can't, you can't leave it. All right. Well, that's Jim Thomas. That We've had Tom Timmerman. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been the net front. Sorry to end on a negative note for Tim Peel, a good guy who just got caught in a, in a situation that uh, was unfortunate at, at the tail end of his career. But we wish him the best. Uh, probably no longer a St. Louis resident. He's going to go back home after that. But uh, we appreciate all the listeners. A reminder, you can check out all of our podcasts on sdltoday.com slash podcast or uh, check it out on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for JT, for Tom, I'm Jeff. See ya.